2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. No one is, 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 is more locked in. From Thursday to Monday, no one
1: is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filippone go to the nfc nfc east so philly wins the nfc and they have one of the most interesting off seasons ahead like normally a team that's that good it's like oh well there's going to be continuity and and there will be on a lot of levels but no one's repeated in the nfc east since philly did it in 2004 it ended up arguably being the best division in football this year with three teams making the playoffs. Hargrave free agent, Bradbury free agent, Gardner Johnson free agent, Dillard the tackle free agent. Is Kelsey going to retire? Are they going to get a Jalen Hurts contract extension done? Two first round picks, a lot of questions, but replacing really two coordinators, and, and right, both coordinators become head coaches. Lot of questions, but a lot of talent, and you know, decent cap space. I think 14th, 15th in the NFL, and two first round picks. So it's not all negatives. And they'll re-sign some of those guys, especially, I think, Bradbury in the secondary. Do you think they are primed to buck that trend and repeat as NFC East champions?
2: Uh, I feel like they're in a much better spot than some teams are, even with the turnover. Because there's no team or teams, before we get into the free free agency and the draft, that is positioned to knock them off. You know, I I don't feel like what they did last year was a fluke. I don't feel like it was a one off. Uh, I gained a level of respect for the quarterback that I didn't think was possible.
1: And the coach,
2: before, and the coach, where before the season started with the quarterback, I don't think many people had him ranked as a top 15 quarterback unless it was for fantasy football purposes. And you know, now he's looked he should be looked at as a top 10 guy with what he did this season and in the playoffs, even with the great players around him. So given all that, like think shit happens. I mean, the Rams were older and they weren't sure guys were unsure about coming back, including the head coach. You know, Stafford had the elbow thing right from the beginning of the year. That knocked them off. And you know, they had one of the worst seasons by a defending champ ever. But yeah, I mean, I think Philadelphia, uh, if they if they win fewer than double-digit games next year, something horribly wrong occurred. It's I just, agree with
1: you. I, I think that the appreciation that everyone has for Howie Roseman makes it feel like he's going to do a good job. And Kurtz should be motivated to sign his contract soon. Like, maybe he'll bet on himself. Like, because like you, if he wants to play it really aggressive and hardball, he'll wait for Lamar and Burrow and those guys to sign, bet on himself to have another great year, and try to really cash in. But second-round pick, those guys are usually motivated – to sign deals. And obviously he's got some injury risk and running quarterback and all of that. So I assume that they'll do that, get that deal done. And I assume that they'll hit in the draft. I love the idea of them taking Robinson, the running back from Texas that everyone says is like a Saquon Barkley level prospect to upgrade from Miles Sanders, just like an embarrassment of riches. And so I assume that they'll hit on both of their first round picks I assume they'll bring back the guys in the secondary. They had a ton of depth on the D-line, so losing Cox and, and Hargrave should be fine. And I don't really think that Dallas is that good, and we know the Giants are a fluke in Washington's and dumpster Fire. So I just think it's a fascinating team that – I mean, hell, man, Jalen Hurts is probably the best quarterback in the NFC. That's a pretty good way to have stability all of a sudden, even if you lose your coordinators and you lose. Would you rather have Jalen Hurts
2: or Lamar Jackson for the next five years? Contracts, throw them out the window. Just the player. Hurts. Me too. I, Hurts as a passer
1: this year was great. Now, Lamar at that stage was great too, right? Year two. I mean, I, Hurts is year three, but you know, early on, he had a great passing season, but hurts. I assume you're saying hurts on Philly, like with Devonte Smith and AJ Brown, I don't think Lamar's going to a situation that's going to be even close to as good as that, including Baltimore. Um, So, and it's going to be an, at least another year till he really gets expensive. So yeah, man, I, I would take, I would take hurts. I would take hurts. They're an incredible roster and an incredible organization.
2: Yeah, but I, I but I, I thought both of those rising tides lifted Hurts. I think in a vacuum or individually, he's still not getting enough credit now. You know, one game can define a legacy. I know a lot of the stat people don't like that. But the performance against the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, to me, even though Kansas City was a league average defense this year, I thought – was the type of game that you know exemplifies why he is such an ascending, potentially great player. And say what you will about Lamar Jackson, make whatever excuse you want for him. He's never had a playoff game that has looked anywhere close to that. He had an amazing run against the Titans that was jaw-dropping for a touchdown. He's got but one other, playoff win, right? Yeah, it was in Tennessee. Yeah. Other than that, he hasn't even come close to that. Yeah. In a big game. So, I'm saying Hurts and I think they will be very dangerous again next year.
1: Yeah, I do I do too. I think they're in a very interesting spot. Uh all right, so Dallas as we go through the Eastern Division here, would you prioritize offense or defense? with their limited resources this offseason, season. What would you what would you focus
2: on? Offense. Yeah. Yeah, my logic there would be and this is kind of sound funny. I trust the defensive coordinator to get more out of the defense on his own than I do the head coach to get a lot out of the offense on his own. I think it's got to be players and not scheme. So I want to make the per- my my default answer in most of these cases is to say offense. And I just think with Quinn coming back and Parsons there, you build around that and you can fill in holes or spots with just you know, average guys that you expect the, the scheme and the coach to get more out of. They're, they're wide receivers. The Cowboys need big upgrades there. They really do. If I were DeAndre Hopkins, that's where I would want to go right now. I would want to go play for the Cowboys. And I think it's a risk worth taking if I'm Dallas because of what the free agent market looks like and because of what the draft looks like, I would expect that the Cowboys will have CD lamb, Deandre Hopkins. And I think they'll have like either Jalen Hyatt from Tennessee or like Zay flowers in their offense next year. I think they'll add at least two wide receivers,
1: man. We never talk about our actual takes on these questions, but you almost like went word for word, how I felt about it, man. Um, (laughs) I mean, you know how I feel about McCarthy and losing Kellen Moore and bringing back Dan Quinn. All of the pressure is on an offense that was top five in the NFL last year to stay there. And in terms of pressure rate, you know, they were also great, obviously, with Lawrence and Parsons. I could see if one of the top corners falls to them. I could see that being a first round pick on defense, but I can't see a defensive lineman. I can't see a linebacker. I can't see a safety, but if the kid from Oregon or uh Witherspoon from Illinois, like if one of those guys fell, I could see that being like the only scenario. I don't see those guys falling that far in the draft. Ne- neither do I. It's a premium position, but just, but like
2: that's the only scenario. You know I what? see them
1: using a first round pick on defense.
2: I, I will agree with you. And in, in here's why. I actually have to give Jerry Jones credit for something as a, as a team architect and not a business man, but as someone that does the drafts. He will make a decision, I think, better than most. If there is just a great talent and he slips in the draft, Jones will take him and just be like, we'll figure it out. Yep. He does that repeatedly. Parsons, which is ex- Speedy Lamb. Which is exactly what I would do. And that's why... I have said there should be like a czar of just fuck you football people. (laughs) Like, do you see that this is happening? Take this person (laughs) because the biggest misnomer in in football, and every GM says it, we're going to take the best player available. 90% of teams don't do that. They take the best player at the position of need available. I think Jones takes, well, if there's a guy that falls, We'll just say, all right, we don't need C.D. Lamb, but what the hell? He should have gone 15 spots earlier. He should have gone three hours ago in this draft. <laughs> I like right. that about Jerry Jones. No, I do too. I do too. Watch Jalen Carter
1: end up on the Cowboys. Oh, boy. Right? I could see it. Yeah, me too. Me too. I mean, that would be adding to a strength, obviously, but, it's, uh, but that's the type of thing that they, they would do all right you're you're new york giants they have franchise tag saquon and they have signed daniel jones and they objectively overachieved last year is it possible is there any scenario on the board where they don't regress in the win-loss column this year now that those players are more expensive and it'll be tougher to fill out the roster
2: they had a negative point differential last year uh I think Dable's really good, but my answer is no. I agree. I
1: think I... it is. I, I I can't even imagine the the only possible scenario is if Daniel Jones actually is great, like if Dable really is a quarterback whisperer, and Daniel Jones really has a super high ceiling
2: where he can be like no. a, an elevator of talent. You know, well, he elevated the talent there, which was not much to 15 touchdown passes last year. No, you know what I mean. No, I I, again, I I mean, I think it's five percent. You know, I I think it's,
1: I think the idea, the chances of the Giants having a better year next year than last year
2: is probably about five percent. I agree with what my you know great friend Greg Giannotti said about the Jones signing the day after it happened. Daniel Jones should be obligated to send at least a million dollars to the Vikings defensive coordinator who got fired after that playoff game because he Giants fans in New York were craving a playoff win at Donatel. Thank you, Spencer. They were looking for January playoff success and they've been lacking it for so long that they forgot that they went against the worst defense in the league. He had a really good game and that, I think justified it even more in the minds of fans there that keeping Jones around long-term was the right thing to do. So I haven't seen the way the deal structured. I don't know if you have Danny when, where the outs are in it and how much of it is completely guaranteed. But I think the giants, I think maybe the giants had something happen to them this past year where they take one step forward and two steps back because of the deals they handed out.
1: I don't. I don't have the exact thing in front of me. I but I, I think it's. You know, he's your guy for the next two years. You know, I, the thing is though, the only thing that doesn't square with that is if we think Dable's awesome, and Dable has influence, then Dable signed off on it. Then Dable wants him. Dable wants. Yeah. Well, him before
2: else. he traded for Matthew Stafford, um, Sean McVay signed off on a Jared Goff extension. So shit happens. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, yeah, that's true.
1: <laughs> so, same question then on the Giants as I asked on the Cowboys. Like your first round pick, receiver. Like you do you do you go offense to try to like triple down on your investment and making your investment in Daniel Jones look smart? Because they got
2: holes everywhere. They're they not know. a very good roster. You know, I have not I still have to obviously pour like so much time and energy into the draft prep, but I would think one of those tight ends would make a lot of sense for the Giants. If the kid Whether from Notre Dame is there? Dalton Kincaid. Mare, right is his name. I thought Michael I, I thought Michael Mayer looked like he was gonna be Rob Gronkowski's freshman year yeah. at Notre Dame. And the times I saw him this year, he looked like he was about 100 years old. <laughs> so I know he was probably playing through injuries and stuff, but he just didn't move as fluidly the times I saw him play this year. And a lot of the draft gurus think that the Utah tight end is actually a better prospect than him now. So maybe they saw some of the same things that I did this past season.
1: Last team, the Commanders, you mentioned them earlier as a Lamar team. Would you say they're closer to the playoffs or is it nearing to to tear it down and rebuild? Because you, how you answer that question, I would think
2: would impact how you would approach finding a quarterback this offseason. No, I think they I think that they should want I think that they should want to get a quarterback in there to win. The only thing that would, you know, like let's say you actually had a stable organization and not an owner who was a complete nitwit and you had like the sa- the sale of the team pending and everything else that's like distracting you from just focusing on the football stuff in Washington as like the team builder. I would be affected by what happened last season with the veteran quarterbacks that went for steep prices to other teams. Like that would mess me up and make me think that like bringing in somebody, a veteran on a short-term contract for a lot of money is a bad idea. It's not going to work and um, would make me maybe more inclined to try to get to a position where I could take one of the young quarterbacks in this draft. Um, but I think that their overall roster, they showed it last year, that if they have a halfway decent quarterback in the NFC, they're good enough to win 10 games. So, I agree. You know,
1: They decided to bring back Deron Payne when they already have <laughs> Sweat and Chase Young. And they've got three good receivers. Dotson really impressed me. And we know McLaurin's great. Like, they're pretty good at a couple of, like, premium areas of team building. Skill position on offense and pass rush and
2: defensive line. Right. So, my question for you is, if you're Aaron Rodgers... Like, and you're you're the commanders. Why is that something that, like, I've never even seen any, like, single second of airtime or ink spilled on him going there? Dude, I, because you haven't seen an an NFC team. I think that's just because Green Bay. I thought we're getting to the point where, like, now you hear, oh, all Green Bay wants to do is get rid of the guy.
1: Well, I, if, yeah, I mean, I we we have heard that, but I but that has not come in conjunction with any reporting that San Francisco or Atlanta or Carolina is in on it. It has always been Vegas, the Jets, and Raiders, or, or New York. Yeah, so I assume that that prevailing logic is still there. But don't
2: you feel like Rogers has the leverage because he can just say I'll retire, but nobody believes him. You're going to give him yeah. $60 million? Right. Um, no one believes him on that. But and what if he says, I'll just come back and play for you guys then? Which I don't think they want either. Well, so that's the
1: question. Would they rather have him on the Packers or on an NFC team? That's What's your question. answer? I mean, if I'm them, I would say on the Packers. I know, but I feel like that's not... Their answer. Right. Yeah, no, my, my My answer is Aaron Rodgers with his head on straight is still a top five or six quarterback in football. Um I think that's becoming more and more of a minority opinion, but he had awesome moments this year. He had plenty of bad ones, but I don't believe you go from back-to-back league MVP to
2: horrible. Uh but yeah, man. I, mean, I did. I really did watching him in the and the and the more and more last season has gone into the like rearview mirror as it's like fallen out of sight for me, the more I've been, I've tried talking myself into the fact that if he gets a fresh start somewhere, he's going to be really good next year. But I know that when he inevitably has bad games or sucks in his next, um, with his next team, I'm going to be like, you son of a bitch. You watched him in 2022 and he sucked. Why did you spend so much time referencing things from three or four years ago? Which is what you're doing, and 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 that's what it, it's rubbing off on me because I'm <laughs> doing the same shit, man. Two or two and three years ago, okay.
1: And he lost Devontae Adams. It may it. There were there were plenty of reasons for Rodgers to take a step back this past year. Now, here's the thing: I think it's very valid to say, is Aaron Rodgers gonna do the soft factor teammate thing that you need to do? to like get on the same page with a whole new offense and a whole new group of skill position players. Is he bringing, you know, Terry McLaurin and Dotson, is he bringing them out to his house and running routes on the beach? Oh, and, Cause he
2: wants to drink ayahuasca and all that bullshit. Right. I mean,
1: but that, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, you know, like there was the reporting on like the Christian Watson and those, and the receivers in green Bay, like, never hung out with him and they didn't know his hand signals until like week 10. Like, and he was just being real hard on him. Like he was like, get on my level. But he was like, Hey man, can you help me get on your level? And he was like, nah, I'm doing other things. I'm going on Maxie show and reading books. Like, you know, it's just a weird, he's a weird dude. Brady is likes to hang right. Brady likes the locker room. That's, that's Brady's thing. He's the friendly superstar. So he went down to Tampa and Antonio Brown lived in his damn guest house. Like, you know what I mean? Like he, he did everything he could to hit the ground running in Tampa. Is, is Aaron Rodgers going to do that in New York or Vegas or Washington or Carolina or wherever? Like I, I don't know. I think that's a totally fair question. But I think that the physical talent is still very, very, very high end. But I think his level of commitment to football is waning by the year and it's showing. I think that I think that as much as anything else is what happens there. But I think he's a jet. I don't I don't think you get, you know, you put on the tux, you get the Corsage, the limo
2: comes up and you don't go to the dance. Like
1: I I, I think I think he's I think he's a jet.
2: Yeah, but if you're a man that has a backbone and scruples and all these things, then the Jets are the last team you'd want to go to because of who owns them. All right, man. We'll do West Division. And, yeah. Right. Well, are, are we going to do West Division? Or are we just going to do? I'm guessing the next two weeks will just be free agency stuff, right? And we'll get back to divisions later.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Free agency preview, free agency reaction, uh, and then we'll probably get back to the AFC and NFC West in uh, in two weeks. Cool, man. All right. So thank you, Spencer Ray. Subscribe, rate, review, tell a friend. Peace.
0: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy